Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so grateful you could be with me. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. When we've been through very difficult things, trusting God is extremely challenging. We may know in our minds that God turns evil things for good, but knowing where to be in the midst of Him redeeming our stories is difficult. It requires a level of trust that we may feel like we don't even really have, and we may not be sure how to get there. Joining me for this conversation is author Joanna Weaver, and Joanna is here to talk with us about letting go, but what we are opening ourselves to hold on to when we do. Over the last several months, I've received several emails from women asking, where is the loneliness type quiz? And it is back. As single moms, loneliness is something we all have to deal with, but the reasons why we each deal with it are different and don't have that much to do with being in a relationship. To learn more about your experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and some of the ways out, start with our What's Your Loneliness Type quiz. You'll find a link to that down in the show notes or by heading over to plusoneparents.org. In my own walk with the Lord, there's just so many times where I'll hit a brick wall and I realize that what He has been trying to do all along is to undo some of these lies that I've been believing about who He is and what He wants to do. Joanna has such a keen way of honing in on the spiritual warfare aspects of our difficulties with trusting God and helping us to peel back what we can't really see so that we have the ability to step forward into the unknown. Here's my conversation with Joanna Weaver. Joanna, I am so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. I am so honored, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Joanna, we're going to talk about something that's kind of tough today. We're going to talk about trusting God. And for many listeners, and myself included, this is something that our circumstances, the things that we've gone through have brought this issue to the forefront again and again. That when we've lost so much, we've been wounded, we've gone through hard things, might still be going through hard things. We may look around and wonder, where is God in the midst of all this? And then trusting Him on top of that can be so very difficult. I wanted to know if you'd start our conversation with helping us to understand where the roots of that really lie for all of us spiritually in our distrust of God. Yeah. I think that's such an important question because when we're in the middle of our pain, we we assume that no one else struggles like we struggle. And yet I really come to believe that distrust is wired in our fallen DNA, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it was distrust. It was that doubt that uh, that Satan sowed in Adam and Eve's heart that caused them to think, maybe God isn't as good as we thought he was. Maybe we really do need to take control of our lives. It was that distrust in a perfect situation mm-hmm. that caused Adam and Eve to have to be kicked out of the garden. And, you know, sometimes we're like, that just seems so cruel. Like, is doesn't God know that it's hard to trust? But what I don't think we realize is that God's love 
followed Adam and Eve out of the garden. Mm. He he did not give give up on them. He didn't wipe his hands and say, enough of you. He he clothed their nakedness when they were afraid and they were hiding from him. He clothed them in that foreshadowing of Jesus. And then he followed them out and kept pursuing them and pursuing us calling us back to intimate friendship with him. The reason why they had to be kicked out of the garden is had they stayed, had God go, oh, everybody makes mistakes. They could have taken from the tree of life and been eternally stuck in their falling condition. Right. So I think it's so important to understand that um, while distrust got us kicked out of Eden, I believe it's trust that's the key back to the garden Mm. of Eden, back to intimate friendship with God, not perfection. You know, this isn't heaven yet. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we literally, when we choose to trust God, despite all of the, the evidence to the contrary, all of the fear that shouts, no, 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 you cannot trust God. When we choose mm-hmm. to trust him, in a sense, we're bringing ourselves back under the umbrella, umbrella of his protection and his provision and love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, distrust trust doesn't come naturally to any of us. We're yeah. it's like distrust is our operating system, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I've been thinking like, you know, how my iPhone, you know, you get those little notifications, update, update. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll wait <laughs> until all the bugs are, you know, worked yeah, out before yeah. I do the update. <laughs> and then suddenly my my phone doesn't work like it mm-hmm. needs to work mm-hmm. until I finally upload the update. And I think we really need God to give us that new operating system. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm not trusting God like I need to. Would you help me? Give me grace to trust Him more. Yeah. I love that you pointed to Genesis because this was actually a place early on in my single motherhood journey that I started to recognize that hmm, maybe these narratives that I have aren't complete. Mm. That like you just alluded to, Yes, Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden. And I had always looked at that as God is punitive. God is, mm-hmm. he's, if something bad happens to me, it's because I did something wrong. He's punishing right. me, you know. So that's that was the narrative I operated off of for most of my life. And then going back and reading the scriptures and start to finish, you know, it was like, all right, I need to know who you are because I don't even know who I am, you know. Right. And recognizing here we are in the first three chapters of this Bible going, wait a minute wait a minute, there was another tree. That's the tree of life. And so if now they have the knowledge of good and evil that they were never supposed to have, and now that they're fallen, which they were never supposed to be, eating from the tree was okay back when they didn't have all that, the tree of life. But now eating from the tree of life is dangerous. It means that they're going to be eternally fallen. And so would all of we, all of us. Yeah. And so God in his kindness is like, I need to get them away from this tree and set a rescue plan in motion. Yes. And as you said, sent them out in love, in in clothing them and and having purpose for them, though it was going to be painful, you know? And yeah. so it, it's the it's the two sides of yes, this world is messed up. And yes, the things that we choose have consequences. The things that other people choose against yeah. us have consequences. And that's terrible. But we can know that all of the origins of this side of our life came out of God's love for us and that God wasn't going to leave us this way and that he was taking us back. And that's really what this whole journey is about is, can I trust you to bring me back 
to mm. what you originally designed. And I think Amen. it's understanding, does God see this? Yes, he does. Does he think it's wrong or it's bad or it's messed up like I do? Yes, he does. So we can mm-hmm. start there, right? But then do I have the courage also though to step away from the things that are comfortable or the things I'm using to cope or the things, even just the distance from God that makes me feel like I'm a little bit more in control? You know, Do I have the courage to step away from all of that, to yeah. step back towards his design, not knowing what that is going to look like in my life? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and what's beautiful to me is, you know, though Adam and Eve right ate from the wrong tree, and sometimes I do as well, mm-hmm. you know, that tree of understanding, because I really think that that's when you drill down to it, where does that need, like, I think sometimes we think I can't trust God until I can understand why this mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and when we realize all of those whys, that, you know, of course God can handle our questions. The problem is, can I handle my questions mm. in, a, in a way that not doesn't build a wedge between my heart and God, but actually drives me to Him? But if I consistently say, I cannot trust you until you explain yourself. Mm. I cannot trust you until I see this situation turn around. In a sense, I'm still eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. I'm still labeling things with and not really allowing God to come step into that situation. It's almost, I feel like sometimes in my refusal to trust God, I actually handcuff him Mm. in the situation. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, Joanna, knock yourself out. You think you can control this? You think that you can turn this around without my help? Mm. Okay. He, he's a gentleman. He will not force himself upon us. But when we go, you know what, Lord, I, I, I'm going to choose to believe that you are wiser than my wisdom. You're better than I know and that you're my great redeemer. And this is like, honestly, this is the part of the gospel that just lights me on fire mm. to realize that Jesus hung on another tree mm. to break the curse of my sin and my rebellion so that I can eat from the tree of life right here and right now. Yeah. yeah, Right? Yeah. That I can come back into that right relationship with him, but I constantly have to bring myself back to, but it comes down to this crucial question. Will I trust you, Lord? And can I be honest? I've written the book, but there are days (laughs) like this morning (laughs) when I wake up and yesterday I was woman of faith. I could, you know, I can see for miles spiritually. And this morning I'm all clouded in. Mm. Doubt and honestly, self pity. That's mm. that's like my slippery slope, and I'm I'm feeling like, oh, this just isn't good. And how is this ever going to work out? And the Lord just so gently goes, Joanna, you can give that to me. Mm. You can give that to me. And I think that that's the beautiful invitation of trust is that we're surrendering our need to understand to the one who who knows it all. And this is what blows my mind, Michelle, is the very things that Adam and Eve wanted, most of them they already had. Mm. You know, they traded paradise for a lie because they knew perfection. They had perfect knowledge of everything good. They were already like God. They were made in His image. The only thing was they were never intended to have to suffer the, yeah. the effects of evil. Mm-hmm. And yet God comes along and he goes, okay, listen, I'm not pushing reset. I'm not destroying the world and starting over. I'm going to take everything that the enemy has meant for evil mm-hmm. and I'm going to work it for good. 
but you're going to have to trust me in the journey. Yeah. I think journey is such a key word to this because I think sometimes we feel like trusting God is either something I do or I don't do, or that I have arrived at that, you know, I hit this magical point where I'm just so spiritual and I don't struggle with these things, you know, and that's why these conversations are so important to have that you can have great faith and still struggle with trusting God. You can have very weak faith and be and and allow that to be something that God is using to move you towards greater trust that yeah. it's it's him so where you're saying you know that he is not going to force ourselves on him or yeah. he's not going to force himself on us that if we are resisting that he's not just going to control us or control the situation but at the same time, he's also pursuing us, right? Exactly. And so it's that thing where he sees when we're down and out and he knows that thing that we need to hear or that person, you know, that has just that right thing to say, those things that just come across our path. And it's the awareness, I think, of going, oh, that's God. Like we have to be able to give mm-hmm. him that credit, you know? And I and for yes. me, it is those very teeny incremental things. And I've had to build a practice though of remembering that stuff. Yeah. Because I am so prone to just be like, where are you today? Where are you today? Where are you today? You know, it's like you're on mana mode. Like I need you to drop something new for me today. And he still is so kind to know yeah. when we are so desperate that we need something like that. But sometimes he's also building our strength in allowing some of those gaps to happen so yes. that we'll remember that we'll Amen. remember I did this before. I was here for you before. Mm-hmm. I will be here again. That his character doesn't change. And, and I think the most important thing, what you just talked about in holding space is the fact that we have to let the narrative play out. So when we talk about the journey, yeah. you know, or, or we compare our stories, our, our lives to a story, you know, that we have to let the story be written, that we can't pull out of the whole thing, you know, because we got to a chapter that was like yes. confusing, you know. That exactly. you can watch a mystery, you know, and you're riveted the whole time because you want to find out what's going to happen at the end. Our, our lives don't always feel so riveting. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of yeah, we're not that, living in the mystery. <laughs> oh, there's a lot we'd like to rip the pages right out, you know, that it's like, oh, like, why did uh, you let this happen? Exactly. Um, but I was reflecting just the other day about, you know, the things that have happened. I'm, I'm about to turn 40, but <laughs> just reflecting on all the negative things in my life. And I'm like, wow, you turned that for good. You turn that for good. You turn that for good. You turn that for good. And it's like you really do have to have that that ability to look backwards. Yeah. Without getting stuck there. Yeah. And seeing what he's already done out of it and knowing then the fear for of the future that keeps us from trusting him that he's yeah. still doing all that same stuff. So that when I do have a fear that pops up, I can rem- I can go to him. I don't even have to remind myself. I can just be like I know you've been here before. All right. You've been there before. I know that you've brought me through this stuff. I don't want to go through these things that I'm scared about, you know, how, and I think sometimes it's like, how can you help me be okay with this? Mm-hmm. We don't know mm-hmm. that we always can be ahead of time. Absolutely. I think, you know, as I was really asking the Lord to help me build a platform of faith, right? Because there really is a beautiful logic to trusting God. But when I'm in the middle of it, when my face is up against the wall and I can't see any way around it, up over it or under it, you know, it has helped me to just allow the Lord to get me a couple steps back, Mm. you know, to to even let Him give me a heavenly perspective. Because when I'm up against it, I, I secretly think people have ruined my life. 
this thing that has destroyed God's plan for my life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I ever be okay with that? Yeah. How, how can I let go of the anger and the rage I feel? How can I trust that God can take care of my kids, even in that situation that is so terrible? Well, when I only see here and I don't step back and see that God promises, Romans 8, 28, that he's working all things together for good to those that love him. When you realize that, and when, again, when we have, chosen. And I spend the first half of the book talking about letting go. Mm -hmm. There's just some things that we're going to have to surrender. And for me, it really wasn't until I made that all in choice. Like, God, I belong to you. I'm not, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not going to hold you hostage to my demands. I'm not going to force you to make promises that if I do this, you'll do that. It was all in surrender that man, so much of the battle and that tug of war that we feel inside, should I trust him? Can I trust him? So much of it was settled because I realized my life's not my own. Mm. I've been bought with the price. So I don't get to say what God does or doesn't do with me. Now that is terrifying. Right. That is terrifying, especially for those of us who have lost control on so many levels. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had so many things taken away from us. Mm-hmm. We almost become spiritual hoarders. Mm-hmm. And we're like, mm, I can't trust you with that. Yeah. Because you took away that. And and again, we blame God for something that sin has done. Mm-hmm. Um, we blame God for the situations that we find ourselves that that you know, part of it's just living in this fallen world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when we can realize that, okay, Lord, if I can lay that down, if I can relinquish my right to be treated fair, if I can relinquish my right to understand all things at all times and just believe that you're going to work it together for good. I mean, it's kind of tried to say, but when we get to that place, you realize, okay, there's really nothing that can be against me yeah. because my great redeemer is working it for me for my kids good for my good even when i'm stuck in the middle of this mystery and i love yeah. that you share that you talk about you know what is the narrative that we're we're telling because a lot of us have stories oh my goodness stories that we operate from and they become almost snares mm-hmm. they become tripping points we can be doing really good with the lord we can really be progressing in our faith and it's a different scenario that happens but yeah. it's the same snare Same lie of the enemy that goes down to those hidden places in our heart where there's fault lines in our faith. There's holds in our foundation. And I'm just learning, you know, to go, okay, God, I am so tired. I am so tired of giving in to fear. Mm -hmm. I'm so tired for being, I'm so tired of being triggered by certain things towards anger and rage. I want to be mature and complete. So please God, come fill the holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that you point to the lies in these narratives as part of what is so difficult about letting go. Because ultimately, I think when it comes to the fear of letting go, what we're fearing is that God, either he won't be there or that he's not good or what he has yeah. is not really good, you know? And we all know like, okay, it's it doesn't always feel good. Like life is not always going yes. to feel good, Right. We already know that, but we, so that gives us though a lot of hesitancy about letting things go. Cause we're like, well, that's what I'm letting it go to. I'm letting it go to you. And I don't really know what your, your plan is. And 
here are all the things that haven't worked out so well. I don't really know if you're good, you know? Mm -hmm. But for me in this journey, that was where a lot of this centered was I had a lie that I was believing over and over and over again that really God is good, but I don't see it in my own life or he's good. He's better to other people than he is to me, you know? And again, that's where a lot of these really little things, it was just discovering God's goodness Mm. and then being able, when I could discover God's goodness in my everyday, you know, even just like, I love Cardinals and seeing like a Cardinal pop up in my window. Like I have to remember, like that is God bringing that bird right there for me, you know, and little God kisses. Exactly. You know, and it's like when you can start to glimpse his goodness in these really small areas, Mm. then you can see him in some of the bigger ones. And then yeah. you can see them in really hard, really difficult stuff, you know, but it's right. incremental, you know, but yeah. it is exposing where does this really come from? What am I afraid to trust about God? And I think one of the things too, though, is that we don't often tell our stories to each mm-hmm. other. Yes. And I think sometimes because we're waiting for it to keep being written, you know, like, let me wait till I have a great big testimony and then I will <laughs> share my story, you know, and it's right. like. Our, our testimonies are being written all along, yeah. you know, and that's why Trusting I think it's him in the middle. And it's so great to have mentors and people who have lived life longer than us, people who are in the same season as us. We can say like, oh, this came up today and it brought me hope or, you know, so you do get some of the bigger, you know, testimony ones, but you also can get some of these little small ones too. And it's like, yeah. do you know where I saw God today? <laughs> you know, exactly. and it's like, well, if he's moving in your life, maybe he's moving in my life too. And then I'm going to, I'm going to look for it, you know? It's so true. Having eyes to see. So throughout the book, I share a lot of my stories, you know, of just those places where, you know, God's calling me to surrender or God has just challenged, you know, I remember, you know, I, I, I'm blessed with a wonderful marriage, but I didn't always feel that way. Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed in what I, my expectations of what I thought I was going to have. And I kept praying, Lord, change him. And God said, would you please start praying, Lord, change you? Because, because I think so many times we, we keep waiting for other people or our situation to change, not realizing that God just really wants to change us in the middle of it. Mm. And when I can, when I think when we can realize that this is so very personal and, and when we, it's between us and God, and when we get our eyes on on our situation or on what people are doing to us, we lose our way because I can't control them. Yeah. And I can't control that. But me right here in the middle of this, me and God, that's where the most beautiful and the most important work is being done. And I think sometimes, you know, I, we, we judge God on circumstantial evidence, mm. right? And, and so we almost, um, you know, we judge him, we, you know, judge, jury and executioner, you're unworthy of my trust, not realizing that there's something he wants to do in us. Whatever our scenario is, the snare is the same. The snare is yeah. God's not good. He doesn't love you. And, but it has been so powerful as I looked back and saw how faithful at those pivotal moments where, you know, to be honest, I think there's some listeners right now that they're at a pivotal moment where they're almost ready to walk away from their faith. They said, I've trusted you, God, for the restoration of my family, and it hasn't happened. I've trusted you, God, that you would give us a home 
and we're st- we, some people might be living out of their car. Mm-hmm. And so there is this tension of, I know I'm supposed to trust you, but right now is so incredibly hard. Yeah. I think what we don't understand, it's in these in-between seasons, in this hard mystery where we don't see him and we don't feel him. I mean, I, I can tell you that there have been times in my life where even though I've tried to have eyes to see him, it just feels like I'm fogged in. Yeah. And it's in those times where I've had to ask the Lord, show me where I last saw you mm-hmm. and help me keep walking in that general direction. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because I do wonder sometimes if God doesn't seem to hide so that we will seek, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, because there is something that he wants to build within us that has it goes beyond our circumstance. It goes beyond this answer p- to prayer that we're so desperately needing. He goes, and he says, no, I'm I'm working something in you for eternity. Yeah. But you've got to trust that I am at work, even when you can't see and you don't understand. Well, and this is where I've seen in my own life too, you know, this is also not just a what a God, what God is working in, but it's what he's yeah. trying to work out. And the fact yes. of the matter is because we were born into this fallen world and we were born with this sin nature, that is our, that's our default, you know, right. and we have to start there recognizing that is the default. And so what he is trying to do is work all of that out of us mm-hmm. because what he wants to put in is what he designed. He wants to that's put it. shalom inside of us. That that was what he created yes. in the garden. That that word shalom doesn't just mean peace, but it's wholeness and well-being yes. and vitality and flourishing. Yes. Like that's what he's trying to put inside of us. You know, and I'm only saying this because I have, you know, walked a long time. You know, <laughs> it's not like, oh, Michelle just like read this in a book and she gets it now. It's like, no, no. I have like had the testings and the suffering and the questions and yes. all of the stuff. But I've recognized over and over and over again that where I ran away, he mm. allowed me to find disappointment, as you mentioned. He allowed me yeah. to find emptiness. He allowed me to find all of these things in what I wanted to put my trust in or what I wanted yeah. to seek after and strive for myself. And that he let me, he, he's not hiding to play keep away. Right. He let me get to the point where when he called my name, I was so ready to listen yes. because yes. it's like, yes. oh, there ain't nothing else for me over here. Like, how do I get out of this? You know, like he lets us get into yes. That I always compare it to like you're in a shark infested water and the sharks are circling around you, you know, and then he just is like lovingly going to pluck you up and put you yeah. on this on the beach. And it's like, but because of what you've gone through, you're like, I'm not going to run headlong back into that. Amen. So show me what life on the beach is like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that is what he is doing in our circumstances. And yes, there are horrible things that happen to us that are not our fault, that also are those that those shark infested waters. And we're like, how did I get here? This is not fair. And there are some unanswerables in some of those things in our mm-hmm. lives. And I don't want to discard that either. Yeah. But that same feeling of shalom, the same working out of sin and darkness and the same infilling of shalom is what he's doing in those situations too. Absolutely. And so when we have the ability to recognize, oh, this is what is playing out. This is the spiritual mm-hmm. war that is playing out mm-hmm. in our lives. We recognize that, for me to trust myself really is lining up on the side of the devil. There's yeah. no there's no neutral. So I'm either lining up trusting God that he's going to work this out 
in an eternal view, or yeah. I'm using my human understanding, labeling things as I see them right now, going the way that looks good to me. Yeah. And what that does is it makes me bait for the enemy. Yeah. You know, and totally. it's like, I don't want it. I don't want that. So, mm-hmm. and it's not so easy though to say, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be on Satan's side. So I'll just be on God's side. Like it's not that <laughs> simple, but yeah. that is what is playing out in all of this heartache, all these yeah. things that we're going through, all of this struggle so that he can bring us the kingdom now that he didn't Amen. just want for us to be saved for all eternity. He wants us to start experiencing that right here and right now. And the degree Absolutely. that we believe that, that we believe that he's for us is a degree that we'll start to experience more and more yeah. peace as we're trusting that he is going to keep doing something in what we're in. It's totally, it's totally true. And it does bring us back to surrender. Mm. Because here's the problem, you know, I can't hold God at an arm's distance and hold him hostage and say, when you do this, then I'll trust you. I've got to, I've got to throw up my hands and surrender and saying, God, whether this ever changes or not, I choose to trust you. It's the yeah. three Hebrew children. The God is able to deliver us, but even if he does not, we will not bow. And I think sometimes, and it's so hard, I talk about, um, you know, uh, laying down the fig leaves that we're hiding behind, you know, kind of to prop up our worth or, or the expectations that I mentioned that I, you know, I had in marriage that literally destroyed my love, but there's also idols, Mm. legitimate needs that have turned into obsessive desires. Yeah. That we've said, until I have that, mm. I won't be complete. Until until you fix this, I cannot give you my life. And and the problem is, is a lot of us stay in this condition, this halfway Christianity that has heaven one day, but we're totally missing the abundant life that God has for us yeah. here on earth. And yeah. when you read the Bible with with a with a holistic lens, you see. Listen, none of God Christ's true followers had it easy. Mm-hmm. In fact, Hebrews 11, when we look at the great hall of faith, you know, and we see all these mighty exploits, it says, but they died without seeing the promise. Yeah. Because the promise, this isn't heaven. The promise is there, not here. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess I keep, I, I just am sitting here thinking, I think so many times I struggle to trust God because I secretly believe people have ruined my life. Hmm. that if that hadn't happened, then my life would be okay. I, I remember going through a certain thing where I, where the enemy just said, well, you know, God made a promise and he obviously lied. And um, because you can't have that, you'll, you'll be stuck with second best. And I just want to speak to mm-hmm. some woman out there right now who believes she's been disqualified for God's best. Satan is a liar. You surrender your life to Jesus. Give him the pieces. I remember, I mean, it sounds so silly, but it was so real. 13 years of age, coming finally to Jesus, who was my Savior, but not yet my Lord. And mm-hmm. feeling like my life had been shattered into a million pieces. And, and just saying, God, if you can make anything beautiful, I give it to you. And having literally so much change at that moment where it wasn't God until you do this, or if you do that, Mm -hmm. it was God, I'm at the end of me. Please, please take over. 
And that is a continual. I, I I write in one of my other books, you know, that dying to self has reco- required many obituaries. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah. I've had yeah. to come to that place of full surrender. But with every obituary and dying to self, more of Jesus is released yeah. in us. And I think, I think we miss thinking that the full shalom of God that we long for, the peace and joy that we were created to enjoy. Romans 15, 13 says, it's found as you trust in Him. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. And so for me, you know, faith has felt very ethereal to me. I mean, I know that I have faith. I'm in the faith. I know that I need to activate my faith, but what does that look like? And I've come to believe that faith is a noun, but trust is a verb. Mm. I know when I'm trusting and I know when I'm not. Yeah, that is... (laughs) That's a really great distinction, Joanna. (laughs) It has helped me so much. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. One of the areas that I'll say personally I have wrestled with the most in in this season of my life and probably lots more seasons of my life has been the relationship with a significant other. Mm-hmm. And in being a single mom, you just said something that like pierced my heart in second feeling like you're going to get second best. That yeah. is literally, that was, I, I reread a journal prayer that I had written a, a year and a half ago. And that was, I'm afraid that if you do have something for me, I'm not going to want what you have. Mm. And yeah. it's been a long year and a half since then, but I stopped dating at that period of time. And I didn't recognize that where I had, I would say verbally, I would say to you like, oh yeah, I'm trusting God. Like, I, I, you know, it's like, but what was, what was I doing though? Because if I was still going on, you know, these dates with people that I knew probably weren't a great fit, but I was still doing it anyway, because I wanted to just see what was going to happen. You know, I was looking at that as like, oh, that's me trusting God. You know, I'm taking a a step out there and I'm trusting him, you know? (laughs) Um, but what I wasn't trusting him with though, was like the outcomes, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the difficult part is if we're going to step into something in faith, then we're releasing the outcome. Absolutely. Saying I will step towards this and I want to see what you're going to do. But mm-hmm. I was like holding on death grip to things that I shouldn't have been holding on to because yeah. I was like, will you make this one work? You yeah. know? And wondering why don't you show up in this and only you know in retrospect can i look back and go oh thank you god like that i don't know what i need <laughs> you know but i over the long haul you know got to the realization that where i did trust god if the answer was going to be what i wanted it to be i also didn't trust though that i could have an abundant life without it That's it. If he is going to give me this, then I will have the abundant life. But up until then, I'm in transition. Up until then, I'm not going to really have a great life. Mm. And 
he just slowly massaged that out, you know, and I think that's just the the, the way that I see I this. That. There is a part where we're holding back and we have to like, you know, force ourselves sometimes to return in that direction. But he's always just very gently coaxing, you know, yeah. this out of us to the point, you know, where I can look back on those journals and think, oh, Michelle, like, sweet girl, like, I wish you knew then what you know now, yeah. you know? But we can have compassion with to ourselves from the past, you know, yes. and that can extend to all kinds of other things that we've done or we've how we've been wounded in the past, you know, that he brings so us true. forward in a way that allows us to have compassion for the past and hope for the future because we just see where he's been gently working on us mm-hmm. all the way through, even the things that we think like this is the way it's got to be. And when we're disappointed that. He's just showing you, no, no, I really still do have abundance for you. I'm not giving you second best. No, yeah. no, we're, I'm moving you into a greater realization of what you really have. And sometimes it comes from the things that we think we lack. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So rich. So true. I'm a pastor's wife. So I've had the privilege of walking with a lot of women through a lot of things and I've seen over and over, you know, my heart always just breaks for, for girls who have experienced divorce or betrayal or, um, you know, thinking that this was the one and having him walk away. And, uh, but one of the things is I've watched them come back to the Lord and really say, okay, God, I want you to be my lover. I want you to be my husband. I want you to be my friend. It's been so beautiful. But I've also seen times where the enemy, it's almost because, you know, I have to be careful. It's not the all-knowing Joanna, Mm -hmm. but I I almost always find myself somewhere in the journey warning them, please, please, sweet girl, don't fall for the counterfeits. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fall for the counterfeits because I've seen women like in those places of pain, having that time where it's like, okay, God, it's you. I want only you, only you, only you. And I'm, I'm watching them grow and I'm watching them thrive. And then all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, an old boyfriend on Facebook or Instagram yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, out of the blue, I met this guy. Well, does he know Jesus? No, but he's such a great guy. Yeah. And I watched them. A lot of them, unfortunately, fall for the counterfeit and begin the cycle all over again, all over again. And But here's the deal. It happens to all of us, even those of us who are married. This is not... Well, and as you're telling the story, I'm like, just so everybody knows, this girl was me. (laughs) You know, where it was like I was growing and thriving and healing. And then I started falling for all of these traps. And it's just, it does happen to every single one of us. And that's why, honestly whether we're single or married, whether we have kids or don't have kids, whether we have the career we desire, or we don't have the care. This is how the enemy works mm. because he's always trying to counterfeit God. Yeah. He did it in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. He tempted them with everything they already had. Mm. They already had, they had, yeah. he, they had a God who could fill the hole in their soul, but they thought they needed more. They had a God who walked and talked with them in the garden, but they thought they needed something more. And I think that that's where we have to bring our flesh back under submission. And mm-hmm. it's really helped me to understand that, that there's a war yeah. in the member of my body that Romans 7 says. I, I write about it in having a merry spirit, allowing God to 
to change this from the inside out that while I'm made alive in my spirit, my flesh woman is yeah. also fully alive. And she she is at enmity. Yeah. She's an enemy of God. And she's going to say, no, 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 Joanna, don't you trust God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have your best in mind. Mm-mm, you remember what happened last time you trusted God. Yeah. And, and so I have to continually live to the spirit of God that lives within me that says, Joanna, I'm calling you to hire. I'm calling you to step out and be different. Yes, everybody else seems to be doing that thing and getting away with it, but that's not what I have for you. Mm. I have to be willing to live according to the spirit if I want to have the blessings of God. I can't dabble in the flesh Mm -hmm. and dabble in the world and think that God's blessing is going to be on it. He can't. He loves me too much. Right, right. And it comes back to that place. Will I believe that how you have called me to live is actually the best thing for me? Mm. Can I believe that no matter how much I messed up in the past, no matter how dark and sordid and that fear that if anybody knew who I really am, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't even let me in this church. Mm. Can I believe that the cross is enough to pay for that junk in my own soul? I'm the one who betrayed my husband. I'm the one who walked away from God. How can I ever come back into that fellowship with Jesus? And so we come hoping, but really fearing that, no, I'm, I've am i disqualified myself, mm. not realizing that the grace of God, He comes to make everything new. But mm. we got to be willing to let go of the old yeah. in order to embrace the new. Yeah. I love you spend a lot of time in the book talking about, you know, these good things that we do desire, you know, so if we do desire a relationship, we do desire marriage or those types of things that there are good things and they may even be desires that God has put on our heart, but that as we just talked about, they can become the idols. They can become where good things become little G God things. Yeah. But then there also are those good things though. And this is another place where I think it's hard to trust God is the things that we may even really feel like, okay, I've had a dream about this or a vision about yes. this, or I've you know, heard a word from God about these things. You know, that there are things that we sense may be on the horizon in the future for us, but that when we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, then we get really discouraged and we get really doubtful. And we start to wonder, well, was that just like, was that me? Are you just like, were you dangling a carrot, you know, and now you're Mm -hmm. taking that away, you know, in all of this though, is an element again, that God is, is working the timing of things in ways that we can't really understand, but also that we don't like, (laughs) (laughs) would you talk about slowness, you know, and that rhythm and that pacing in the waiting process and how that is, designed to help us to trust Mm, God. So, so true. Uh, In my chapter on uh, living beyond your dreams, I talk about Joseph because Mm -hmm. I think he's such a great example of God giving him dreams that were clearly God dreams. And yet having so many things go sideways, yet remaining faithful remaining faithful. And I think, you know, in my own life, the the dreams that I had, you know, God dreams, unfortunately, can become man's schemes, right? Mm, right? That's the truth. Wow. Yeah. God mm-hmm. says, here's what I have for you. And we're like, yeah, 
Let uh, me go get it. it. <laughs> right. And we run ahead of God mm. and we outrun his, his, he's a good shepherd and he takes us on a pace we can go. But he also, he also takes us on, um, on a path that really is for our good, even though it's the twisting, winding way. I always thought it would be this uninterrupted straight path upward, right? Right From the dream to the fulfillment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I love what Samuel Rutherford, he like lived back in the 1700s. He says, oh, the winding, twisting ways he's Mm. taken me on. But here's the deal. Just, I really want to encourage, I just feel this really strong. Go read the story of Joseph. And if you look at it, you see, this is the pattern God has used in every great man and woman of God in the word of God. There is a long period of preparation, even Jesus, 30 years of anonymity before he had three little years of ministry, but it was the time in the pit and the time in prison that prepared Joseph for the palace. But here's the thing that I want us to hear. He somewhere along the way he hammered out forgiveness against his brother. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way he laid down his dreams so they were no longer idols. He he embraced trust in God rather than holding God and uh, kind of keeping him on parole to see yeah. if he'll behave. Because the somewhere along the line, the Bible tells us that Joseph prospered mm-hmm. in captivity. Yeah. He he got to work as a servant and he worked hard serving Potiphar and he rose through the ranks and became overcharged. Then he's falsely accused and thrown into prison. And it's a long time in prison yeah, where he's forgotten. And the people that he interpreted dreams for, he served someone else's dreams, forgot him. But at just the right time, God elevated and brought him forward. And the work that was done during those long 13 to 15 years. Uh, you watch him you watch him manage his leadership and this time in the spotlight with such humility and grace mm-hmm. and god's doing the same thing in us because the dream that he gives you was never meant to destroy you mm. i love that you said follow the pattern that this is a pattern it is it took me such a long time to stop looking at biblical accounts as, oh, that's what happened to that person, or they really got lucky, or they're blessed by God, you know, and to really go, no, this is God revealing how he does things. Yeah. That, and I think you write this in the book. I was reading Joseph, actually, my church was reading it simultaneously at the time I was reading your book, but um, I think it's maybe 29 years between the time that he has that initial dream where the brothers are bowing to him basically right. and the time that's 15 years okay but to the point where they are now bowing before him yes. because he's risen to power he's risen to prestige and that as you said there was imprisonment there was false accusations there were all kinds of really terrible quote unquote yeah as we would label them terrible mm-hmm. things that happened to him but that through them, God was fortifying him and developing into him the things that he would need so that he was ready for the abundance that was coming. And that's the pattern that I start to see in a lot of these stories of all these down and out people that it was like, God was getting them ready because they weren't going to be able to handle the more, the abundance that he had for them if they were not prepared. And so that's Absolutely. how we can look at some of these terrible things that happen to us 
is the is that there is always a redemption that's coming and some of it we're going to see on this side some of it we'll see the fullness when we get to heaven but that nothing is going to go without a redemption nothing that's it there doesn't need to be a reason why and i think that's the thing we get caught up on is there doesn't need to be an answer to the reason why this person did this thing to you or whatever is in your backstory that we can suspend that knowing there will always be redemption that's it that's it and it and it may not be the story you had in your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i mean joseph had no idea he had no yeah. idea what that those dreams really meant he thought it was about him he mm-hmm. didn't understand it was about the world yeah and it was about god's plan and purpose and i think until we understand and it comes back to story that really honestly this isn't our story it's God's story mm-hmm. and we get to play a part to bring him glory, right? Mm-hmm. And if we'll just remain faithful here and it's, I, this is like revolutionized my understanding of so many things that this is not about my, my current happiness. This is not about my comfort. This is about me reflecting God to the world, mm-hmm. right? Being mm-hmm. part of his redemption story to draw people to him. And so so this part that I don't understand, I don't need to. Yeah. Because God knows exactly what this season in your life, Michelle, that seems like what what? Yeah. This is uncomfortable. This isn't what I had planned. He's like, "Oh, but girlfriend, yeah. I'm up to something that you cannot see that is all and and when we get to heaven, here's the beautiful thing. I'm so addicted to my story. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that is just not going to matter. Mm. And we're going to be swallowed up in the yeah. absolute awe and wonder that he chose us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. be part, that he even allowed us this momentary pain so that more of the image of Christ could be revealed in us. All of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden, these light and temporary trials that don't feel very light and temporary yeah, right? <laughs> are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. And so I think, honestly, that's another thing I have got to surrender my story. Yeah. Because on the other side of letting go and surrender is the ability to hold on in faith. And as okay. you said earlier, not faith in an outcome faith in our God, mm. that He redeems everything. And I need to say this, I need to say this, and nothing thwarts His purposes for you. Right. Nothing. This is all the great unfolding of His mm. plan and His purpose to make you His own and to fill you with the likeness of Christ and then to spill you to a waiting, watching world. Mm. Oh, it's so exciting. It is so <laughs> exciting. You know, and I can only say that now, though, after walking through so much grief. Yeah. And I think that is really what, what we are surrendering to God. It is dead dreams. It is grief. It is suffering. Mm. That is what I am saying. Would you do something with this? And honestly, yeah. that stuff is terrible. So I have no problem <laughs> handing that stuff yes. over to God, right? But sometimes because we may have fear that he put that there. And I think, again, this is where the narrative makes a difference. You know, the way that I grew up, I had a narrative that just made me believe I'm supposed to suffer so I can be a good servant. I'm supposed Mm. to suffer so that I can, you know, surrender and, and put everything away and just give it to God and, 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 
somehow muster up though out of the my will the way that God was going to be glorified through those things. Yeah. And in experience, in the experience of it, God showed, no, I'm going to take this heart that you have that really, if we think about it, it's born broken. You know, we're not meant for this world, right? Right. So our hearts are never full, never, never. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing through our grief and our pain and our suffering. He's shutting the doors to the things that are only going to keep disappointing us, only going to keep us limited Mm -hmm. so that we will turn towards him and then be just have the experience of continually being filled. But that's that living water. It's just filling up all of those empty places to the point of overflowing. That this is not like boot camp where it's like, I'm going to train you up and then you're going to go be a good Christian soldier. Like this is rehabilitation. This is Mm. the hospital of the soul where he is filling us with himself. And that's what is going to just naturally pour from us. That we're not going to have to white knuckle this thing anymore. That that joy and peace will be so familiar to you Mm. that you can't help but share it. You can't help but reflect it. That that is the way that this operates. And truly when... I, I mean, and, and I can only say these things though in reverse now, you know, yeah, I, if yeah. somebody was to tell me this and be like, oh, okay, whatever, like, <laughs> you know, right, right. but I feel it is my responsibility to share the story, share the journey to yeah. say, no, don't believe what the world says that mm-hmm. God can't be trusted or you have to mm-hmm. fend for yourself. And I think that's really the opposite side of this is the self-sufficiency, you know, where right. I'm defending and fighting for myself that no, the more that we just say, I don't got this, I don't know what I need, yes. but you do. And I am going to trust that your way is going to bring me to the person I was supposed to be, yeah. bring me towards the life, eternal life that I was meant for. And then I'll get to see glimpses of that more and more and more on this side. Then when the bad stuff comes, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see where my Lord is going to be in this. Amen. Oh, so, so good, Michelle. You know, as I was just asking the Lord to help me kind of distill this whole book down to just something we could grab. And and I'm not sure that this does it all, but I came up with four unshakable truths that mm-hmm. I believe we can anchor our lives to. Of course, if we'll surrender, yeah. if we'll surrender Him, and that's first, number one, God is good. God is good. I, I cannot judge Him by this fallen world. You know, uh, and that's a whole nother topic. Number two, he loves me. Number three, I belong to him. And number four, he takes care of his own. Mm. And if I can anchor my heart to those four things, whether I fully understand them, you know, I sometimes we have to push back the yeah buts of our flesh, right? Yeah, but no, 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 no. These are the truths about God that I know. These are the truths that I have determined to live by. God is good. He loves me. I belong to him. He takes care of his own. But mm-hmm. I know we got to close here, but I keep seeing this picture in my mind that I feel like I'm supposed to share. Um, I, I write in my book, Lazarus Awakening, Discovering the Life You Were Meant to Live. How many of us, and I just, my heart feels the pain and the hurt and the death that a lot of your listeners just are, can I just say, it? this is maybe indelicate and unfeeling, but stuck in. Mm-hmm. And I've been there where it's like, you're entombed. 
whatever's happened has literally killed you. You're a walking dead woman and you feel dead inside. You're just going through the motions of life. And he's calling your name today. And he's calling you and he's saying, come forth. His life is here. Even as we've talked today, the Holy Spirit's been doing some things and he's, and he's just saying, will you roll away the stone and give me access to your pain, to that place of death, to that, that dream that got massacred beyond any recognition, to those grave clothes and those bondages that just keep you wrapped up and to that tomb the enemy has put you in to shut you up and shut you down. Will you give me access to that place? And then will you hear me call your name? Because he wants to bring you out of that place. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think that that point of pain, we get frozen there. It's our entire identity. It's all yeah. we know is this is who I am. This is what happened to me has in, eternally defined me. And he's going, no, 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 no. That's not your name. That's not your name. That's not your label. Let me call you out of that because I've got life on the other side of that place of death. But you've got, you've got to let me have access. And so I just, I'm just praying for that resurrection life of God to come to each and every heart. No matter whether we've gone through absolute horrible things, or maybe we haven't really had a lot of pain, but we've shut down. We've closed off from God. Um, He wants to bring life Mm. and life more abundant right here Mm -hmm. and right now. Thank you, Joanna. I love that so much. You know, at the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question. And it is what, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? I think that was it. (laughs) Come forth. Come forth. Yes, I love that. Joanna, would you tell listeners about your resources, your new book and how they can follow you? So Embrace and Trust the Art of Letting Go and Holding On to a Forever Faithful God is available at my website, joannaweaverbooks.com. There's a back of the book Bible study and we've got a a printable workbook you can get your hands on for that. Um, Also, just love to connect with people over at Facebook and Instagram at Joanna Weaver Books. But I do have a podcast as well that I get to do what you're doing and interview some wonderful authors and just kind of talk about living and loving and leading like Jesus. And it's called The Living Room with Joanna Weaver. Awesome. And I will include links in the show notes so that listeners can find all of those resources. But I just want to thank you for sitting down with me today. It was truly a life-giving conversation, Joanna. Oh, it's an honor, Michelle. Thank you for what you're letting Jesus do in you. It's beautiful. If you enjoyed this conversation with Joanna, I've got a couple of others that you might like to listen to as well. Check out episode 108, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Finding Soul Rest and Redemption in Encountering the Kindness of God with Dr. Dan Allender. You may also want to listen to episode 82, Learning to Trust After Trauma, God, Yourself, and Others with Christy Blackburn. I'd love to invite you to get more involved with the Plus One Parents community. If you head over to plusoneparents.org, you can sign up to become part of our free private community experience, the Plus One Parents Collective. On the website, you can also check out our blog and other resources on topics relating to dating and parenting, abuse recovery, and spiritual well-being. Or you can also get on our mailing list to receive Plus One Parent exclusive updates. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know 
that you are seen and you are beloved.